Welcome to Behind the SAS. I'm your host, Aaron Howerton, and this week in my series, which is undetermined in terms of length, talking about use cases. What are things we can do right now to make a difference with the tech that we have is really kind of the goal. And it's kind of limited to the fact that I don't really have access to a whole lot of tech on the independent side, and I can't really bring a whole lot of tech into the visible spectrum on the professional side because ops tends to always be proprietary. And you got to watch out for that. Today, partner recruitment. I'm going to talk very, very briefly about how you can start doing partner recruitment with tools you probably already have. This is really for early stage programs or even late stage programs that haven't managed to put in a true application process. Then I'm going to move on. And I want to talk about a larger problem that I see in SaaS. It's tied to where this solution comes from, the, the proliferation of, of platforms. And then I want to get into really like how can you help? What's what solutions to this? What are things you can actually do to help stave the trend? So we have to go pretty quickly because I'm still shooting for that 10 minute goal. Now, the solution at a high level is based on the fact that you probably have Salesforce or some CRM that'll monitor, monitor this in some way. You likely have a marketing tool of some kind and you have opportunities. With those three things in place, you can develop an inbound partner recruitment rhythm um, and an outbound partner recruitment rhythm. Now, if you want to see the details in the screenshot, you're going to have to go find it on LinkedIn. Uh, or look for the um, Behind the SaaS podcast. Look for search on Behind the SaaS, find me, um, and then look for the uh, Partnership Experience Digest. Partner recruitment with Salesforce, okay? Salesforce has the ability to do these paths. So what you want to do is you want to go into your account object. You want to set up your partner account record type. You want to set up your partner account page layout. And then you want to have a path for par partner prospect status. This is a high-level status of where they're at in the in recruitment funnel for partner prospecting. You're going to put that path on that field. So on the page layout for the Lightning page layout, you're going to drop the uh, path onto the account page layout for the partner account. And you're also going to make this only visible when this is in an active state. There's filters you can do on the different components of a page layout. So when you're recruiting a partner, this path will show up. You can add additional guidance into the path. That's a really great thing about a path is you can add the guidance there and tell people what they need to do based on where this is at. Um, you don't have to do that. That's kind of a level up for you. And then once you drop this onto this partner account page layout for partner accounts, anytime you have a partner hitting that status, you're going to be able to manage a process there against that path. That's the short solution. Now, clearly, if you know Salesforce or you have an idea, there's a lot of things you can do from here in terms of automation and improvement. One of those things is to go into your marketing tool, add a custom form. Have that form drop into your Salesforce. That's just specifically for partner recruitment. So you're going to put that on your website somewhere around, hey, become a partner or learn more. That's going to drop that into your system. Whether you're using this on the lead or the account, you need to automate that to get that into this account model. Now, you could also build the same concept against the lead object with a custom lead record type and a custom layout if your company uses leads. I've been at a couple companies that aren't using leads anymore. So this is kind of the model that I've used that I found to be pretty effective. So now we have the marketing form that's generating an inbound interest right from the website into your CRM, whether it's a lead or it's auto-converting into an account. You will have to work with RevOps to get that support for lead routing. Very important there. And then that's dropping it over into your account. As you work on the account, set up a custom opportunity record type. This custom opportunity record type is going to allow you to track the actual detail contracting process, right? Signing a partner is just like signing a customer. There's a sales process. You have to do demo and discovery and contracting. 
put that on the opportunity. And then if you're charging for your program, you now have a way to track those program fees. You can do a little bit of forecasting. Now, we all know that this program fees are not what you're there for. You're not there to, to break the bank on and, and win the day on program fees, but it gives you visibility. So between these three different pieces, the marketing form, the account path, and the opportunity, you now have a rhythm, a pipeline of keeping up with anyone that's coming into your process. That's it. You can go look at it on the, on the site, and clearly you can adapt all these concepts and ideas. The goal here is use tools you have to accomplish things you don't have in place. Don't go out and buy new stuff just to do this one thing. You're going to get stuck into a platform, and that leads us into the problem. So this hits onto a broader trend that I see in SaaS. Not just in SaaS, but in a lot of companies. So SaaS has proliferated this freemium model that makes it easy for people to buy new software when they don't actually need it. This is a problem because it gets your org bogged down in all this software. Everybody has all these logins. As you start to grow and move toward enterprise level functionality or even like mid-tier, mid-sized company stuff, you get security involved. Now you got to have SSO to all these things. Companies just don't consider a true way of working. So we have all this software that we don't need. It's completely unnecessary. Without a way of working early on, without thinking about how you're going to work as a company, you get these trends. Every team wants to work a little bit differently. The technical vetting for a lot of these platforms is also completely ignored, especially in early stage. You just don't have the capacity to worry about whether or not it's going to integrate because we can easily manage the login. Um, this is because we all think our process is special. Everybody wants to be special, but a sales process is a sales process. And I know I can hear you now, Aaron, that's not true. There's different models. I get it. I know there's different models, but when you work in ops, you see a lot of them. And what you see at the end of the day is it's this constant shift and push for something new and shiny. If you just had a core process to track your data, you'd make so much more progress. But because we think it's special and we do this in an early stage company when we're not necessarily always experienced and you can't afford all the experienced talent, you're really building from there on legacy decisions based on people who didn't know much about best practice. They just needed something to work. So mid-stage companies tend to get stuck with these legacy processes and legacy softwares and technical debt that they can't afford to unwind because the process would take them too long. And then rapid periods of growth compound on that and they make these decisions cloudy at best because you've got so many people coming into the organization at the same time. Everybody's trying to negotiate their role, their seat at the table. What decisions can they make? Who owns that decision? What can we move off of? Oh man, there's a renewal. Vendor management's a whole nother thing. Like if you don't start vendor management early, you definitely are going to be in a headache because you're not going to know when all this stuff is going to renew. It's going to hit all the time. You're going to be constantly asked for money and budget, and you're going to have a hard time getting a handle on it. Now, eventually all this like resolves when like a new RevOps leader or a new sales leader shows up down the road and they've got bigger mandate, you've got bigger budget, and that's when you get into it. Um, but I don't think you necessarily have to. That's my, that's my hypothesis. I don't have any proof yet, but I, these are the, these are the trends that I've seen as to why we get into these situations where we want to buy a new solution to solve a single problem instead of looking at the tech we have to see, Hey, can we, can we get there with what we have? Can we, can we cross the line? Can we get started? with what we have and then understanding those long-term implications. Now this leads us, I ran, I mean, I ran right through that. This leads us into what can ops do, right? If you're partner ops, and that's my focus, hopefully by now, if you're listening to this, um, all 15 to 20 of you, you know that that's what I focus on, but I see beyond it, right? And part of why I focus on partner ops is because I've worked in a lot of different ops companies, uh, ops teams. Ops needs to really go beyond its mandate. Operations tend to get stuck in this day-to-day -day management of stuff, and I think ops needs to reach beyond that 
and they need to go learn about new software on a regular basis. You can't just sit constantly trying to work on what you have. You need to carve out some learning time and get into the market and understand what's coming and what's available and how companies are shifting and changing because that can impact your roadmap for what you can adopt. Maybe the company you're working with has something coming in six months that'll solve that need. So if you can get them over the gap, you're not going to have a whole new solution. You've got a trusted vendor that you can work with. Procurement, you need to be asking if other internal solutions could function to do this and why or why not. Instead of, hey, do you have budget? Do you have sign off? Is my job to get the contract signed? Teams as a whole, strive for 80% coverage on what you need. Try not to get bogged into that we have to have a specific thing. Get your must-haves really lined out and figure out what truly is a must-have in a collective way. As a company, set down a way of working, a decision-making process, but ultimately prioritize automation. Don't leave things in a manual state. If they do, they need to have an iterative plan to get that off within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, that's going to stay in your org and you're going to continue to hire more people uh, to accommodate that on an ongoing basis because new tech won't always address it. And that's it. So we've talked about today. I told you how we could fix your recruitment process with tools you already have. I say fix. I mean, let's move towards something progress, uh, progressive, right? Progress towards something new. Um, we talked about leaning into your tools to see what they can do. And as a company, we talked about the problems that we have here. The tendency to lean on legacy solutions built by people who didn't know best practice due to freemium models that allow us to pull lots of stuff in and a lack of a consolidated way of working for companies. And that's a lot to cram into one sentence. All of that could be unpacked in a deep way. And then we also talked about ops and how I am constantly going to ask ops to go a little bit further, be a little bit more strategic, think a little bit more broadly than what you've been tasked with doing and ask why. Ask, how is this good for the business? And bring ideas so that you can grow your strategic presence within the company as well. As a whole, I think that the SaaS industry is still up for grabs. I think there's still a lot that's going to be happening, particularly in the partnership space. And I hope that this message finds a place in the cacophony that is the modern podcasting landscape. As always, I'd love to know your thoughts, and I hope you're having a great week. Until next time, good luck partnering.